Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson, glad to have you with us tonight Uh, Had a lot of time this weekend to sit and watch football Finally got the rest up for a weekend and was was needing. It felt like we'd just run down. Jennifer and a few girls went to the Garth Brooks concert in Knoxville, Tennessee, so I stayed home all day and, and watched football. And, uh, and there was a lot of good games, and um, some of them wasn't so good, I guess, depending on who you who you're pulling for. Um, I know Alabama's uh, – They'll probably win a few more games, but I'd say their their run to a championship probably over uh, with the two of getting hurt. I know a lot of people uh, probably wondering why he's even in the game. You know, it, that's that's a tough decision. I know when when we watched them play um, LSU. I think the I think he was in the game for the simple reason that when uh, you know they played LSU that he he was rusty. Uh, they he hadn't got to practice. I don't think he looked good uh, for a while. Um, I think you know they were. I'm just speculating on what I heard Coach Saban say was they were, you know, going getting ready to get him out, and uh, probably the plan was to play him for the. First half of all the other games, besides maybe to the Auburn game, and uh, just an unfortunate thing for him, freak, freak accident. You know that's that's exactly why. Um, you know they don't want these pocket passer quarterbacks taking these hits. You know it just you sit and you know I, I look back on <clears throat> the game we actually got to play a couple of weeks ago and you know our quarterback got sacked a time or two and blindsided a time or two off some blitzes and um you know took some big hits and she's a she's a good sized girl uh so you know you're standing back there at your back turn and I know he was rolling out of the pocket uh but you're standing back there at your back turn and uh they, they can lay the wood to you you know that's why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, <clears throat> Drew Brees, and all those guys, they've stayed healthy because they don't take those kind of hits. And, you know, it was a freak thing for them. I hate it for the guy. So seemed like an awful good guy. And, uh, you know, freak things happen. It, it, you know, that's just the nature of it. I mean, 
you know, like uh, Kevin Durant just playing ball towards Achilles, you know, same way with Kobe Bryant. There's just, you know, those those kind of things just happen. You know, it don't necessarily, um, you know, mean, you know, that he could have did it the next game or he could have did it against Auburn. And, you know, their players are on scholarship um, in the Heisman race. You know, they, they want to play. You can take a guess and blame Coach Saban and stuff all you want. And I agree to a point that, you know, uh, was was he healthy enough to play? When his ankle was healthy enough to play, I think you play him for a while. Uh, but irregardless, I hate, hate to see that for him. Uh, like I say, seems like a good guy. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the quarterback for – LSU wins it. That's that's who I'm hoping uh, to to win that award. So maybe we'll. I'm not sure, but I would sure uh, let sure be tickled if he if he did. So maybe we'll see what happens. He's playing awful good. I know the uh, guy from Ohio State got a lot of attention. Even I heard them say the defensive end that was suspended. Last week is still in the running uh, for it. So um, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, he 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 did turn the ball over quite a bit, uh, but he's still, if I'm not mistaken, he's still in the in the Heisman watch. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens. And you know, speaking of uh, Jalen Hurts, man, what a game that was! Baylor comes out on fire and. You know, just playing like they they want to win and uh, making all kinds of tackles and plays and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, they're up by like 24 or 5 at half and then come back and uh, all of a sudden drop passes, sort of get conservative, sort of lose their way to tackle and end up losing uh, by three, I believe. You know, and I watched that whole game start to finish. And, you know, I just, even though the score was lopsided earlier, I just felt like that that team, they were going to quit trying to win. You know, I, I get tired of <clears throat> hearing these announcers and stuff say all the time that, you know, they they would, uh, um, you know, well, it wouldn't be as aggressive right here. Well, if if you quit being aggressive, here, here's here's my thinking, and it just proves the point. You know, get do what got you to where you are, and so be it. If you lose, you you lost trying to win the game. You know, this stuff trying to hold on and hold on and hold on and quit playing and all that. Uh, you know, to me, that's just crazy. And so I I watched that whole game and watched it unfold. Uh, you know, receivers dropping pass for Baylor, receivers dropping passes, wide open passes for first down, running the ball for a first down, fumble. You know, then your defense all of a sudden quit making tackles, you quit getting pressure, um, and and you lose. I mean, you know, I, I watched. I'm telling you, I watched that whole, I watched football all day Saturday. Uh, same same way I watched the LSU Georgia game or the I'm sorry the Auburn. LSU game. It wasn't all. It was Auburn and Georgia. I'm sorry, I keep getting confused. And 
the uh, Auburn had a chance to tie that game late. I mean, this young quarterback <clears throat> made all kinds of throws uh, down the field, and it's fourth and short, and he misses a, a throw that I'm, I mean, honestly, that a six or seven year old can make. I mean, throws the ball behind the guy. You know, just things like that. You know, I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, we we deal with it all the time. We talk about it at practice how you can throw one down the field 40 or 50 yards in stride, and then you can't make a four- or five-yard pass. Uh, you know, Auburn <clears throat> give, beat themselves in that game. They couldn't do anything in the first half and uh, got all the momentum in the second half and the interception and then uh, missing the pass, the drop ball here and there, and, you know, before you know it, there you know the games. You you got to make a uh, play on fourth down to continue the game and throw an interception. So I don't know. I, I and the refs. I'm, I'm telling you the uh, you know the refs in that uh, Oklahoma Baylor game. It was just plum terrible. Uh, I seen them make call after call after call that I mean tip balls and say you wave off the. Pass interference, and then they get together and say, oh, it wasn't pass interference. It was whole. Baylor's getting ready to get the ball back. Instead, uh, you know, Oklahoma continues to drive. They score. You know, they show the replay. The guy was trying to hold, but he never even got a hold of him. I mean, it's just terrible. I just don't understand that I know they're going to make mistakes because I know the game is so fast. They're in certain positions. They're trying to move out of the way. You know, maybe they get brushed up and they can't see it. But my thing is, I don't know how many times they stop a game during the course of a game. Why can't we stop it when we need to get it right? That's that's my whole point. There's somebody sitting up there that when you see that replay, it's clear that, you know, it wasn't a hold. It was a tip ball. They waved the flag off to begin with. And then all of a sudden they want to come back and say, no, it, was, it wasn't pass interference, it was a hold. I just don't get why we can stop it for everything else to make sure we get the right play, placement of the ball, a score, a turnover, uh, measure for first downs, all this stuff. Why can't we uh, stop it for, for that? I, I just, for the life of me, I can't understand why why we can't get it right. Uh and they stop it for everything else. So um, you know, I sit here and <laughs> watched it and talked to Tex and Jennifer while she's gone, you know, and tell her, man, these refs are bailing them out and uh it it's just crazy. I just and I know they got a tough job. Listen, I know I couldn't do it. Um I like to watch too much of the play uh to to do it, but they get paid well to do it. That's that's their job, you know. And when you go back and, you know, a ref, I agree, they should let the players play. I mean, if it's clearly a, uh, a penalty, whether it be the first play or the last play of the game, I think you got to throw it. But when when it should never be that the refs determine a game. And, you know, when I watched this, there was just several instances that uh, you know, they they made bad decisions that I thought 
you know, same way two weeks ago in the LSU-Alabama game. They said the guy pushed the LSU player out of bounds, and he came back in and made the catch, which wasn't so. He went out on his own. So that made him ineligible to touch the ball. But, you know, I mean, they they looked at it. And then they come back, and it's clear as day that the guy never even pushed him. I, I just don't understand why we, you know, we can't get it right uh, uh, with all the replay and stuff in the high school and women's and stuff like that. I know <clears throat> they don't have any kind of replay. Those guys are, um, you know, don't have near as many on the field. They have a tough job, too. Uh, but, you know, it ought to be really something flagrant before you start, you know, uh, throwing the flag or, you know, like holding it. I mean, they could call holding about any time, you know. Then you watch a guy get mauled or face mask, they don't call anything, and then the guy sort of gets, gets held a little bit, and then they won't throw the flag. And Man, I, I watched so much of it, seen so much of it on Saturday and Sunday. It just made me sick, honestly, to see the kind of stuff that they were – were calling and things they weren't calling. So, uh, but it really played a big deal in the Auburn or not the, the Baylor and and Oklahoma game because I, I I watched it through uh, all the way through. Another good game, uh, Minnesota and uh, Iowa. You know, uh, Iowa's a good football team. They seemed to uh, last year somebody come off of a big win and and they they go knock them off you know minnesota all of a sudden everything they've been doing to these um teams all year all of a sudden they got done to them you know i watched a lot of that game and uh back and forth and, you know play after play i see drop passes you know missed tackles everything that they've been doing right they did wrong i mean First time ever, and I forget how many years, they're undefeated. They got a chance to to move up in the rankings, chance to prove that they uh, deserve to be there. You just beat Penn State, and then you go out there and and you lay an egg. You know, you starting quarterback gets knocked out of game late in the game. Um, I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand. You know why you. you you just don't play to win, and if you if you lose, at least you're playing to win, you know, versus this conservative stuff, you know, trying not to lose, you know. I hear these analysts and old coaches say, listen, all prevent does is prevent you from winning the game, and I'm a firm believer in that. Now, I'm probably way more aggressive than, than most coaches uh, about going forward on fourth down and your own territory and doing certain things like that, but listen, if 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 that's your game plan, if that's your team, that's the way you play, you got a good defense, you trust in them, you you just gotta play to win the game. You gotta play like you just don't want to give that ball up. Uh you know, it's so important that well, for instance, <clears throat> the Baylor Oklahoma game, I'm telling you, Baylor could not shut them down in the second half. If they could have just uh, possessed the ball and got a field goal, which they I think they missed the field goal and maybe an extra point. Uh, but if they could have just possessed the ball and maybe even got a field goal, maybe a touchdown, 
they just keep moving the chains. Oklahoma's not going to have enough time to come back. But three and out, I don't know how many. They didn't have but, what, maybe one three and out in the first half. Second half, they uh, they only had like a 20% of the yards and the time of possession and the plays that they had in the first half. Um, they, I don't know how many threes and outs they had, but I know they had a, a, a fumble, uh, maybe an interception, drop pass after drop pass. I mean, you're not possessing the ball. You're not running any time off the clock. You know, you give that thing up, then all of a sudden you can't slow them down. Oklahoma scoring on every possession. You know, you're not doing anything to uh, make the game, uh, you know, make them have to hurry up, and uh, you end up losing the game. I mean, to me, you know, when I when I coach a game, I don't want to give the ball up. You know, it's like down there uh, when we played – you know, at the Titan Stadium, you know, we were like on our own 40. And the rules were, as you tell them you want to punt, and they'll move the ball to 35 or, the, or 35 yards. You know, it was like fourth and 10. I told the guy, point blank, we didn't come here to punt. You know, and I don't know, one time we picked it up. One time we were a yard short. But still, we, you know, we ran another play. Uh, of course, that clock was running, but. You know, if not, you gain what you can gain. You, you run some time off the clock. Uh, if you pick it up, you're in that much better shape. If not, you didn't have to punt. Uh, bad things can happen on those punts. We all know that. So, you know, I'm just a firm believer in staying aggressive, staying with what got you to where you're at. And when you start changing that game plan, I, I think you're in trouble. And I watched it all all weekend, and the teams that, you know, like Ohio State, you know, they haven't took every game I've watched them play. <clears throat> they beat somebody 76 points to something the other day. Every game I've watched them play, they've had their foot on the gas from the time it started till it ended. Now, I, I know when you start uh, subbing and changing out players, sometimes – Things happen, mistakes happen. Still, you got to play the way you got to continue to press and you know to to try to pick up first downs and score. And I just think when you when you decide you're not going to do that stuff, I think you wind up in a big in a big bind. And and like I said, I definitely seen it um, on on Saturday. So um, LSU. Um, they got a big win. Uh, like I say, Georgia got a win. Florida, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Some of those games I didn't get, so I didn't get to see. Notre Dame beat the crap out of somebody. Um, I know Appalachian State, which is a, a team over here in Boone, North Carolina, they just got uh, – uh, they're ranked in the top 25 again. They – they won again. They've only got one loss this year. Um, trying to think. So I believe there's only four or five. Let's see, four, four unbeatens now, I guess. Um, I'll tell you another team that looked really good was Utah. Uh, I know all those announcers and and the uh, analysts on, on the Fox pregame, the one that Urban Meyer and them were on, they were just – 
singing Utah's praises the whole way, and uh, they ended up beating the crap out of UCLA. The only loss they have is to USC in the Coliseum out there. Uh, so I, I would say they're probably – they might even be ranked above Alabama this week since two was out. Um, but they're probably they're probably ranked sixth. Uh, probably Alabama's probably fifth, and they're probably sixth or vice versa. So they they looked really good. I watched part of that game. Uh, they they didn't uh, they looked like they could play. You know they kept saying that. You know they looked like they deserved to be in that in in the playoff scenario, but I'm not sure they played enough competition uh to get to get themselves in there. I mean, their loss was to USC, which has got a terrible record, so that that hurts them. Uh their one loss, uh, you know, at least Alabama did get beat by uh by the uh, by L S U which, you know, was ranked number one or was, so they continue to win and uh, play good. Um, let's see. I think is it Georgia? I believe that Georgia plays maybe Texas A&M this week. Um, I think Alabama. Um, can't remember who they play. Maybe Mississippi State or is that who they just played. Um, not sure. I I didn't really watch the schedules. I just uh, watched. Watched all the games I could. I didn't get to see the Alabama game, but I flipped through between three or four channels here all day long trying to keep up with it and really wanted to watch those uh, games where the uh, uh, where I thought they would be really good games. So I know uh, Jennifer told me that uh, Mike, Mike Wallace's Longhorns went down again. Uh, I hadn't talked to him in a day or two. I guess somebody might want to check on him, see if he's still – Still hanging in there. Um, shouldn't be too mad as yeah, boys escaped there on Sunday with the win in uh, Detroit. So um, trying to think if there's anything else in college um, that I watched that was really good or didn't see that was too good. I don't guess so. Then Sunday we uh, we watched football pretty much all day. Got a an early start and come back and like I said we just rested it seems like we've been going 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 and get up real early and get home late and it's new time sort of drags you down we ain't had a whole lot of time to to do a lot of anything so it felt good just to just to rest up and and watch some football for sure um I know start we we'll start backwards but last night the uh um, the Chiefs beat the Chargers, and I, I hear that uh, Philip Rivers threw four four ints. Uh, that's I think last week he threw two or three. You know this is a this is a, a big money year for Philip. I heard him say um, on a I was on I was in my way to South Carolina, I believe last week, and I heard him say on there that. Uh, they might sign him to three-year, hundred million-dollar contract just because he's all that the Chiefs or all that the Chargers have, and they need somebody to fill the stands. And then I heard another analyst say that he didn't want to 
you know, he didn't want to be there anymore. He he didn't like they were playing in L.A. and, and all that, and uh, he wanted to go to a team that, uh, you know, had every, all the things in place maybe besides the quarterback. So, you know, and, and I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't, you know, he's from Tennessee down below Nashville a little bit. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that if he, if he might wind up starting, you know, every year, I was talking to a guy down there uh, when we went down there to watch the game and play. Uh, you know, it seems like every year they're eight and eight, and they're eight and eight with the subpar quarterbacks. You know, Philip. I don't know what his deal is. I didn't get to watch the game last night, but he's usually pretty uh, pretty accurate. Don't throw many interceptions. But you know, if if you figure he's an elite quarterback and the Titans haven't had an elite quarterback in years. Uh, and uh, since McNair, and if you figure, um, you know, they're eight and eight, and then somebody like him can come in and they can just win 50% of those games they lost, all of a sudden they're 12 and four. Well, 12 and four is going to get you a long way uh, in the playoffs and, and everything else. And who knows, you know, depending on who you play and where you play them, you know, you're, you might be better off than even. 12 and four. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I just got a, a feeling that might be a place where he lined up, but they're definitely, you know, a lot of them are saying that he's, he wants out of San Diego. Um, he's the only thing they got that can draw a crowd or, you know, holding, holding the fans together and, uh, first one thing or another. So, um, I'm, now I'm not a big fan of his. I don't. I it's sort of odd. I like that kind of player. I like him to be. You know, he's. If you watch it, he's never sitting on the sideline or sitting on the bench. He's always on the sideline watching the game. What's going on? Um, he's just a little too, too much, um, like a smart aleck. But I like his intensity. Uh, you know, pretty tough guy. Always stayed healthy, hung in there, doesn't get sacked much, gets rid of the ball. Um, I just think he might be a good good fit for the uh, Titans. You know, they're they got a pretty good defense. They got some good tight ends, um, some young receivers, and that uh, you know good running game, which always helps. And uh, I I think that might be a good fit for them. I've not heard really anybody say. I just Feel that you know since he's from down uh, below Nashville there that uh, you know he might want to come back home. It might not, but he might just want to stay there and you know and collect the money. I, I don't really know. I haven't heard anybody other than those two announcers on the radio say that day. So it, you know that's not for sure anything that anybody else said. I just got that gut feeling, and I do feel like he would be a good fit there because, like, you know, they're always around that 8 and 8, 10 and 6 range, and, you know, somebody like that can get you half or four more extra wins, you know, that can really uh, boost your boost your team and your record and your playoff run, the Super Bowl run, whatever you want to call it. The bad part is he, he came into the league the same time that, Eli Manning and then uh, Ben Roethlisberger did. 
the bad part for him is both of them have two uh, Super Bowl rings, and he has none. Um, he stayed healthier than he – well, Eli stayed pretty healthy, but Phillips stayed pretty healthy, but he's that same age as them. You know, we you got to figure unless Eli wants to uh, be a backup, he's done. Ben Droppelsberger's for sure at the end of his career. Uh, you know, we've seen, seen what uh, went on with with him and, uh, you know, the last few years. So that's the only concern is, you know, Phillip's probably 40, 41, somewhere around that range, and you'd be invested a lot in an old quarterback. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, me and Jennifer were just talking about earlier, it's hard to believe. It's already week 11 in the NFL. Seems like it's flew by. Uh, the good part of that is women's football is not, you know, just around the corner. We're about five months away from, from kicking it off. You know, this month's about over. And then December, 1st April, everybody's going to be kicking it off. And, uh, you know, so it won't be won't be near as long as it had. Uh, the NFL is going to go to deep in January and then the Super Bowl there what second week in second week in the gen, in uh, February so it uh it's you know it's it has flew by. Uh one thing before I forget I do uh wanna touch on the uh, the game between uh last week, I guess it was Thursday night, between the Browns and the Steelers. Now I did we watched part of the game and we had to get up early, so we didn't get to watch it all. Uh, but I did watch the end of it, and that's that's just unfortunate. You know, those those guys are, are mainly loose cannons anyway. I mean, you see how they act. And when these coaches don't have control of them or any situation, uh, they're just like a ticking time bomb. You know, just one little thing sets them off, and you can't do anything about them. I, I know this. As a as a player, as a coach, as a fan, listen. You get mad, your temper's run high. You want to fight and all that, but taking grabbing somebody's helmet, jerking it off, and hitting them on top of the head over whatever happened, that's just really, really severe and really unfortunate. That you know you got a great player like that that acts that way. Um, you know, gets suspended for the for the rest of the year. I mean, he's a big key for the Browns. You know, uh, Pouncey, I don't blame him at all for going to his rescue. The kicking part is what I firmly believe got him suspended. Uh, those guys are just, I'm telling you, they're just always all on the verge, not all of them, but always on the verge of, of just being outlaws, you know, and I guess at some point they, you know, to play in the NFL, you know, those guys are huge and fast. You got to somewhat be that way, but you got to be able to channel that in. And, you know, I'm not a Browns or a Steelers fan, either one, but I know that's really unfortunate. You know, it looked to me like it was a late hit anyway. Uh, The quarterback had played terrible from what I hear through two or three interceptions. Um, you know, he got hit late. He was trying to get him off of him, and it escalated from there. Uh, but I'm telling you, for me, suspending that guy for a year 
is not enough. Uh, you know, you don't realize somebody that big, somebody that strong, hits you just in the right place, that helmet, you, you're done. I mean, they, he could have killed him with that. I know he didn't. I'm just saying the, the, the opportunity was there uh, for for the way things happened to really, really get hurt. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because it's a game. You know, I just uh, couldn't believe it when I heard about it on the radio the next morning and Jennifer was telling me about it. But until I got home that evening, I didn't get to see the video. And it's like, wow, you know, why? Why? I mean, it's just a, it's a game. I know you got you want to win, you get paid. I mean, those guys get paid a lot whether they win or lose. You know, their contracts are guaranteed. You know, now they might have an incentive bonus in there if they lead the league in tackles or sacks or whatever, but they get paid dearly regardless. So that was really, really unfortunate. I uh, hate to see that for a young quarterback. Uh, you know, he's going to go through a lot of growing pains, like the quarterback for the Panthers, you know. Just last week I heard a, a former NFL quarterback say, you know, he grew up and he's a he's now a franchise quarterback for the way he played. And then this week he turned around with those three interceptions. I'm I'm still going. I'm uh, looking to see, looking forward to the interview to see what he says about him this week. So you know, it's man, it's a tough game. If you played it, if you follow it, you, you understand it. I mean, those guys are huge. They're fast. They're strong. And they're 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 a ticking time bomb just as much as as they are all that. And that's really really unfortunate, you know, because that just takes away from the game. I get it. You want to get in the scrap, and roll around somebody, you know, does something to you. But that was just way way severe and definitely uh, didn't deserve that. So uh, hate hate to see that, but. For me, just suspension for for the year is is not enough because you know it just takes one time. You know, if that guy's head turned the right way, you hit him with that helmet, and then you could have killed him. And then you know, then what are you gonna do? I've heard several analysts say what he did was almost criminal. So I I don't think he's he's out of the woods yet. We'll we'll continue to watch it, follow it, see see exactly what happened. But that was. Really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, we watched a lot of the Dallas and Detroit game. You know, um, Matt Stafford's out. This quarterback, uh, young guy, come in and uh, uh, played played pretty well. You know, I ain't gonna say he's a Matt Stafford, but you know, they they had chances to to win that game. You know, they had all kinds of chances to to win the game and, uh, you know, to put it away or not put it away, but go down and score and put Dallas in a bind and, you know, they sort of just shot their own selves in the foot. And that's just what I've seen so much of this weekend in football. And I've watched more football this weekend than I've watched in a really, really long time. And what I've seen is all these teams – shooting themselves in the foot, you know, it's just uncharacteristic from these pros that, you know, that's all they do. So it's film and repetition and 
you know, the coaches and watching all kinds of film and watching practices and and they got so much uh you know, just so much of this stuff that that they're fault shooting themselves in the foot penalties, you know, penalties, killer, turnovers, killer. Uh, you know, so I see these teams just keep shooting their you know, their self in the foot. Speaking of shooting yourself in the foot, watching the part of the uh, Rams and Bears game, you know, that game turned out to be, I think Jennifer told me 17 to 7, something like that. Uh, but just look at this. Think of it this way. The, the field goal kicker missed one. They were in almost at field goal range. Another time, it was fourth down. They were sort of in no man's land. They had to go for it because they didn't have no faith in him. They didn't get it. Then he misses another one later. Uh, so they they have they pretty much left nine points on the board right there. So they get beat seventeen to seven. I didn't get to watch most of it. We only watched about a quarter. Uh, but they get beat seventeen to seven. You you just think of that. Even even if you don't even count the one for they went for it on fourth. If you give them six of those points, you know they're within one score of of taking the lead or tying the game, whatever. Missed opportunity, penalties. It, it's amazing that we're seeing it every week at the highest levels of football, you know, and, and these guys just practice and practice and practice. It, to me, it's just unreal that, you know, this keeps happening uh, week in and week out. So, you know, missed opportunities, penalties, you know, I say all the time, tell our girls all the time, we can't uh, afford to turn the ball over. We got to take advantage of every opportunity of every situation. And, uh, you know, we just I see it every week on well, Saturdays and Sundays when I get to watch some. You know, I see it every week. Drives you crazy. I don't see how those coaches coach those guys, you know, it seems like they're just always on the cusp of, you know, being out of control. So um I know New Orleans won again. They got back on track. Uh like I said, Atlanta went to Carolina. Took care of business. Um, Minnesota, what about Denver? You know what? Another thing we watched. And Jennifer sat here and watched the end of that game. They went away from the from the Ravens and the uh, Texans game. They went to the Denver game. Denver leading the whole game up by 20, half, 20, 20, 20. You know, while well, they start doing Start quitting, picking up first downs, turning the ball over, defense out there a long time, missed tackles, missed field goals. You know, you get beat by, I think they got beat by one or two, and your field goal kicker, one of the best in the league, shanks one off, you know. And it it's just unfortunate, man, that I, we watched these two, two different games. I can't remember which one the other one was. But I feel like the clock management was terrible. I know this. 
in the Denver game, it was fun terrible. They just let time after time after time run off the clock and then get down there at the end and you don't have but, you know, maybe a couple of tries uh, at a desperation throw in the end zone to win the game. I just, you know, for me, I just can't get over that. I mean, as as little as we get to practice and as little as we get to work on things, I'd, I'd like to think we do a better job of managing the clock than that. And I know they're capable of it. It's just like they're looking around, wanting to, you know, asking each other, should we take the time out? Should we not? And then, you know, for long, you let 40 seconds run off. Or one time they run, uh, didn't get a play, and it was about to get a delay and had to take the time out. So that was twice as bad. You let 40 seconds run off, and you burn a timeout. I don't know. I just I know that, you know, everybody's so good that you're trying to uh, uh, stay up with them. But, I mean, that kind of stuff, these two-minute drills is a huge part of the game. You look at all these games, it's been so close all year. Man, it's, uh, it's unreal. So. Uh, the 49ers, they stayed, uh, with only one loss, you know, beating Arizona. Arizona had the lead in that game for, for a long time, you know, beat them, quite 16 to nothing, I believe. I, do, I don't understand. I didn't get to see it either, but I watched some highlights and, and I don't understand it. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, the Jets. They got them another win this week over the 49ers. The Bills beat the Dolphins in a close game. Um, let's see. I think Seattle was on the bye. New England, uh, they won a close game in Philadelphia. Um, that was a good game. Uh, you know, defensive battle. Uh, fumbles. Turnovers. You know, just all that penalty killed them. I mean, it killed killed the Eagles, you know, no no doubt about it. So, uh, you know, for me, this, this, this goes back to, you know, fundamental football, the, all these mistakes that we're making, you know, catching the ball before not even looking, the, looking at the end, just taking off upfield, and, you know, then you leave the ball behind. I mean, that's just, you know, this is beginner stuff that should be, uh, you know, we sh- they shouldn't be making, and we're seeing these kind of plays uh, week in and week out. So, it as much as I loved watching football and getting caught up, I was just as, uh, you know, sort of like really, you know, all these teams with all these resources. That's the best we can do. Not talking about on the field stuff. Just talking about the coaching and you know the the mismanagement of timeouts and time of possession and and all that. So uh, you know clock management in a two point two minute drill, you know all that kind of stuff just seems to seems to uh, not be something that they. I, I'm sure they do work on it, but they've they've really been unsure about it. So. Um, it was sort of hard to watch a lot of it, but I, I did enjoy uh, getting to rest and sit here and, and go through and 
and uh, watch all the games as much as I could. I know this week, uh, especially in college, the Ohio State and Penn State's going to play. That'll be a, a really good game. Um, I'm trying to think who else is a big rival. I'm not sure who else. I know Clemson, uh, they weren't playing too good earlier. They seemed to hit their stride. Um, they look way better now than they did several weeks ago. Um, so they seem to be playing to get, uh, better. Um, never figured they – I didn't think they were, were that good. I'm still not sure. But they got a good coach, and he's for sure going to try to keep them uh, ready to play no matter what happens. So uh, that's that should be uh, – that will be a team that's in the playoff hunt, uh, in the playoffs and the hunt for a national championship. So uh, it should be some uh, decent games. I know that Penn State, Ohio State, that's probably going to be the, the best game on. Um, not sure of any any more rivals. Well, we've got two more weeks left of college football before before they start these championship runs. You know, the SEC and the Big e, Big Ten and Pac-12, all that stuff. Probably a couple more weeks. So uh, there's hey, there's a lot can happen in two weeks. We've seen it seen it the last two weeks. Undefeated teams going down left and right. So. Anything can definitely happen, no no doubt about it. You play the game, you get all these kids on scholarship, so um, that'll be a good game. Watch out for that. Uh, in the NFL, I know that the probably the best game that's going to be on is probably going to be uh, the 49ers at 10 and 1 and the Packers at 9 and 2. Uh, so that'll be a, a really good game. So. Looking forward to those. I think this Friday night, the Texans and Colts play. I believe who plays. Um, you know, they're talking about Deshaun Watson. You know, playing good. Um, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of his or Dak Prescott. Neither one. Um, Lavar Jackson just run all over them. I mean, that guy's. Phenomenal. Uh, he he's really good. I'll tell you somebody else playing good. Kyler Murray is that his name? I guess uh, plays for Arizona. He he's looking really good, you know. And they're saying Jackson's the front runner for the Heisman, but I mean Russell Wilson's having the best year of his career, you know, out there in Seattle. They they've only got what two losses. Uh, so there's going to be be some pretty good games this week. But definitely, uh, I think the game to watch is going to be the uh, the Packers and the 49ers. So um, we'll take this short break and let Brandy talk to us about H&D therapy, and, and we'll answer a few questions. Hi, I'm Brandy, owner of H&D Therapy. We are certified PEMF therapy as well as equine massage therapy with certifications in human, small animal, and equine. I have been using Pulse Electronic Magnetic Field Technology for over 10 years. This technology is helping people and all animals with making their lives happier and healthier. 
H&D therapy helps all athletes of any sport by using PEMF to aid in enhancing their performance. PEMF therapy and achieving peak performance go hand in hand. When the athlete's muscles are at their best condition, peak performance is easier to achieve. We can help with improving energy, help pain management, accelerate healing, reduce inflammation, help strengthen bones, increase circulation, and increase oxygen levels in the blood, and many, many more benefits to have a healthier body. Come find us on Facebook and the web at hndtherapy.com or call 865-456-1976 to make an appointment or get more information. All right, Brandy. Thank you for that. I wish to, I wish we'd have practiced uh, this past weekend. I could use some of that therapy on my back. Um, folks, I don't know how that stuff works. I have no idea, but it works. Um, really does. I was hoping to have uh, Brandy on the show tonight, but she's under the weather, and uh, <clears throat> maybe I can get her to uh, come on next week and uh, talk to us a little bit. Uh, let me see if I can find some questions here. I had some somewhere if I can find them. Uh, we uh, uh, seems to be a you know a big thing. One one thing was um, well it was a more of a question comment kind of thing. And, you know I've had some girls ask me about this. You know the USA team tryout thing and all that. Um, you know, I, I'm to be honest with you, I'm, you know, I, I think it's more of a, uh, kind of a deal of who, you know, and who you've played, if you've played there before, I would, I would say if you haven't played on that team or you don't know somebody or something, you'd have to be a phenomenal, uh, player, uh, to make that squad. I could be wrong every year. They say, oh, it's going to be different, it's going to be different, <clears throat> and it's the same old, same old. And now there's some good players on it, don't get me wrong, there's some players on it that definitely deserve to be on it. But I've seen girls that were on it, and I've seen them play live that just wasn't what I would call that kind of player. So, uh, but irregardless, uh, I think, I think that's coming up soon. Not sure. Um, not, I'm I'm not a fan of the uh, way they do that. I mean, I heard them pick these teams back not long after our season ended. Uh, well, before it ended, they were picking these players, and you know it was supposed to just be a, a draft, and you know, and each player it's oh former, you know USA player, and then they get down to well, who's this? Where's she from? Nowhere. Tennessee here so you know it's like in anything you know more about who you know and what you know and, and then I guess you got to be able to play some along the way so just not a fan of that kind of stuff I believe in giving every single uh, player an opportunity to prove to me that you know they can they can do it not ever not a not a chance to uh, you know where they could uh, say they, you know, should get a, this get an opportunity to prove to me they can or they can't. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Who knows? I know they usually put a pretty good team together. Uh, Canada last year finally scored on them. 
uh, broke through, made some plays. I think made the game, you know, probably uh, real, real close there. So who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll have a good team together. So we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, we we'll get some information on it. If we do, I'll for sure pass it on. One question here, God says, how important do you think weight training is for a, for a football athlete? Well, I'm going I'm to be honest. If if you give me, uh, and, and we're talking about women's here, okay, um, there's two different listeners. It's the same game, but it's different. If you give me uh, a choice to give me a, a player that can, that's decent, uh, size, maybe not as strong, but can really move over a player that's the same size, that's really strong, but can't really move. I'll take the player that can move over the the player that that can't move as good. You know, I I've said it for years and years and years. Um, it to me, it doesn't matter if you can lift the moon if you can't move it. It's it's for nothing. Uh, you know, I feel like that um, I was a prime example uh, of that when when I was in school. Um, we, of course, we used to lift weights, but I never was much of a weight lifter. Um, I always was real strong, but because we, you know, where my dad had a farm, uh, worked for guys putting up hay, square bales of hay. Uh, all summer long, you're out there in the heat, you're walking up and down hills, you're throwing hay bales on the wagon, you're stacking them, you're putting them in the barn. You know, you're talking about 60, some of those bales, 70 pound bales. You know, at my dad's, we were uh, hauling river rock, uh, chopping wood, cutting wood. I was always more of, of that kind of strong than I ever was weight strong, and that really seemed to service me better. Now, there was a couple guys on our team that, that really worked out, and they also worked on their agilities and speed, and they, they were really good players as well. I, I do think this, uh, that by lifting, by lifting weights and, and sort of, I guess, toning up, bulking up, whatever you want to call it, I think it makes you not just tougher, meaner, tougher, but maybe just being able to take more, more, absorb more of the hits and stuff versus a person that doesn't lift any. I will say that. Uh, but if, if you give me my rathers and I had to take two players and one's way stronger and one's way faster and they're about the same size and speed, I'm probably going to take the one that's faster, especially in, in women's football. Um, uh, you know, most definitely you got to be strong. Uh, we've seen it, though, without a shadow of a doubt, when we played the River City Sting in, in Nashville, that they got after us and they were hitting a ton. Uh, I told our girls for for weeks, you know, hey, we're going to have to get tougher. I want to find out who's mean. We're going to have to get that. And, you know, everything I said came true because they got after us. Um, you know, so, yeah, you sort of, Want a little bit of both, I guess. If I'm probably straddling the fence there, but in in women's, if I had to take one or the other, I would take the speed of one uh, versus strength because just because you're real strong, if you can't move it, move it to go with it. It's it 
it's just really, you know, a waste of waste of the talent that you you have there. So that's you know, that's where I sort of am on that and like I said, I fell in the cracks of that. I never was much of a weightlifter, never could bench a whole lot. Uh, but I was really strong. It's crazy, you know, of, of how that works and um you know, because I was just farm strong, you know, there's a difference in being able to uh pick up something and being able to pick up a bunch of weights and that kind of stuff. So and you know, when you're um <clears throat> when you're working out on a farm like I did, you know, I started working my brother's five years older than me and when he was in high school I was five years younger than him, so I was even working just rolling the bells to him out in the field, you know. So it was a it was a definitely a uh, a bigger uh a bigger deal for me because not only was I lifting I was swing you know, I was really working out my upper body and my legs and my everything, you know, just twisting and turning, getting more agile, all that stuff. So, you know, but but how many of these kids are doing that today? You know, so if they're not getting any weight training or they're not getting any agility training, what are they doing, in, you know, to get ready to play? And that's not just, you know, women's at high school. That's all of it, you know. Um, so that's sort of where I am on that. I mean, it's a good thing, but, you know, it can be a bad thing. And then, you know, then here, another question is, is how much training is too much? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I go back to it when I was in school. I seen this one guy that, you know, he was really, really strong, but he, he just couldn't move. And, I mean, he couldn't move his arms. And even though he was strong, he was weak. And I know that sort of seems odd. I mean, i seen guys a lot smaller than him that could hit you a ton. This guy was really bulky. And if you looked at him, he was chiseled out. You see him in a uniform. Is like, oh my gosh, this guy's something else, and it was just like he never could just put it all together. I don't know if it was just him or what, but you know, I hear, I hear people that, you know, I hear weightlifters and uh, all that stuff, you know, say weights don't hurt you, this and that, and I hear these agility guys say weights tear you and all that, and you know, it's sort of sort of a double-edged sword in my opinion i mean i know you got to have a certain amount of it you you just do but then just like the question said when is too much you know and i guess when 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 you can't when you get to the point where being strong is is more is hurting you more than it's helping you and I know that sort of sounds crazy, but it, but it's not. I mean, I know some people, so oh, God, I'm going to bulk up, I'm going to bulk up, I'm going to bulk up, and then they can't do anything with it. So what good have you done? You can't, you've bulked up. You look like Hulk Hogan or, or Incredible Hulk, whatever you want to say there, but you can't do anything. You know, all of a sudden you did too much. You've gotten way too big, you know. So there, there is a fine line there, and I think that, you know, for for me, this, you know, like right now we're in this off season, 
uh, working in the weight room uh, is a good thing. Um, you know, still exercising outside. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of jumping rope. That to me is one of the best exercises there is. Hand eye coordination. Uh, you know, doing uh, I call them up downs. Uh, you know, bear crawls. That kind of stuff is is really really good for your agility. Uh, you know, even as so much as you know hopscotch. You know, back when you was kids, you draw it out there on the sidewalk, a piece of chalk, and play hopscotch. You know, just think of what that's doing for you, you know, two to one to two, you know, back and forth. Um, you know, the jumping rope, you look at, you know, look at what uh, Sylvester Stallone did in the movies, Rock, you know, with the jumping rope. And I literally seen, uh, you know, my brother, uh, when he went to college, and I've talked about it on here before, is, is he went through an unreal, uh, the way he trained himself, and it was unreal, and all he did was, uh, I mean, we probably didn't have 150 pounds worth of weight and some uh, probably 25, couple 25-pound dumbbells. And between that and running, jumping rope, up-downs, bear crawling up and down hills, that, that's all he did. And and you know what? It, it paid off. So I, I think that, you know, working out stuff during the off-season, getting bulked up, getting – you know, what you would call tougher um, with with your muscles and toning up to where you can take some, absorb more of those hits is great. And then by the time season starts, uh, you know, start backing off of that stuff. You know, your your muscles and your body needs time to heal and rest. And that's when you really need to start stretching more and, you know, making sure you're more agile and, can move where your body can heal. So, you know, it's a couple so far, a couple great questions because there is a point where you get too much. Now, a person that's in the business to, to training you for weights or wants to bulk up, they're probably going to disagree with me. And, that, you know, that that's fine. But uh, for me, I'm hunting, you know, football players that can continue to play. Uh, they need to get those muscles rested up and, and there ain't no doubt in my mind that it does tear you at some point and I'm not saying it won't heal and I'm not saying it won't grow back together but it for sure tears your muscles in there you know when you you know you start stretching your skin and stuff where you're getting bigger it has to uh tear you so definitely um there is a fine line and I, I would say as much as anything is you know is it depends on the person a lot of it depends on how well they carry it, how much, you know, weight they're pushing around, you know. Um, so, and maybe, you know, if even if you say, well, I don't want to quit, maybe you cut the amount that you're doing in half or something, you know, to uh, because I'm telling you, there, there's there's a line there. If you can't move it, it's it's no good. It it when it gets to be a problem, uh, being able to to take advantage of of the bulkiness you've got up, it's 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 all of a sudden not an advantage. So there's definitely a fine line there, and 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 most of it would be probably for each individual. For me, it's going to be uh, you know once we we started playing, uh, we quit lifting. Uh, we you know we started doing more exercise and more running and more stuff to get in shape. You know so. 
letting your bodies heal and that kind of stuff. So um, definitely there is uh, a fine line in there. So, okay, let's see. Another one here says, what are your uh, thoughts about different types of treatments for recovery? You know, um, massages, electrolytes, detox injections. You know, some of that stuff I've I've never even heard of. Um, you know, for me, the the best test of therapy for me is the ice bath. Uh, I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in those that, you know, if you had a swimming pool after every game full of ice water and everybody get in it for about 30 minutes and, and then out for about 10 and back in it for about 30, the next week, your players will be feeling great. I guarantee it. Um, you watch when I watched back during uh, when Memphis played. I think it was Ole Miss. They played the very first game. They had some of those refrigerated uh, container trailers sitting down there, and it was hot. And they went in there at halftime and let that coolness, you know, get that blood back flowing and cool them down and that kind of stuff. I'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff. Uh, this cryo treatment, or however they say that, I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, Jim, for being several times, it it re it re-nurses your body, and like you say, you know this thing Brandy's got. I mean, we're um, as far as us testing it, we're in the early stages of it. We've not been, uh, we haven't really got to play. And then, you know, treat some players with some soreness and injuries to see how that's going to recruit, recoup. So, you know, I'm anxious to see how well that works. I know this much. It may not work on anybody else, but it has been wonders for, for my back and my knee. And, you know, I know that to be a fact. And listen, I, I'm, I'm a straightforward guy. If it didn't work, I'd be the first to tell her, hey, we got to figure out something that won't work. But it does, and I'm just real anxious to see how much it will work once we get to playing some games and get some beat, uh, uh, beats and bruises and, and stuff on us to see how well, you know, it will revive us and re-energize us, uh, get, these, get the soreness out of these muscles and tendons and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's, I'm, I'm definitely for it, and, and some of that stuff I've never even heard of. Um, but whatever, you know, kind of therapy, massages, they're a big, they're a good thing, you know, uh, chiropractors, you know, making sure that you got stuff aligned right. I mean, you know, I've been, I was down one time so bad, um, years ago, well, it was before me and Jennifer ever got married, so we weren't even dating, so it's probably been 20 years ago, at least, I was so bad uh, down that it would take me literally about 20 minutes to get in and out of a truck. Uh, that's how bad it was. And uh, I went to a chiropractor in Jonesburg, Tennessee. Um, he 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 would work on people or horses at the time. A friend of mine at the time said, go down there and see him. And I went down there, and he, he did an x-ray, and he said, well, this is out anyway. It was pinching my sciatic nerve and I just was in 
terrible, terrible pain. I mean, hadn't got to ride my horse or do any roping in forever. And uh, I went down there, and he had this tool that looked like a drill, and it had a knob on the end of it. And he'd put that against you, and he'd just trigger it, and it's just like a a hammer drill. I know people seen a hammer uh, drill when it busts up asphalt or concrete, and that's what that thing did. And uh, there was about two or three days of that treatment uh, during the week, and I went to a roping that weekend uh, with no pain. So I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, making sure everything's aligned, making sure that, you know, because we can get out of whack, you know, um, and if all that's lined up and, you know, being tight and stuff, that that chiropractor and stuff can help. So I'm a huge, huge fan of those. Um, you know, we've had a chiropractor on our sidelines uh, once before. Uh, it really helped. We got a player going to chiropractor now that, you know, was in, had knee problems and everything before she went and, you know, gets checked out and she's way out of whack. It just happens, folks. It's something, I mean, chiropractors do so much more than just pop you. People say, oh, I don't like them pop me. I don't like, I don't like that feeling either, but I'll tell you what I like. I like feeling good when I leave there. You know, that that's what I like. So I'm, I am a huge fan of this recovery stuff. You know, whatever it takes uh, to get, healthy and get the blood uh, back flowing, as Brandy says, you know, about her therapy there. And like she said, we're in the early stages as far as us testing it. I know she she does a lot more uh, than our team, and she's, so far she's having a lot of success with it, um, hoping that we can, you know, get more people on board and uh, with it and get some, you know, some, as I would call it, you know, Billy goats out there to to check it out. Not want to really use that term, but you know they call them when they're testing out a racetrack. You know, put some rabbits out there to see what's going on. Um, you know, it's just everything's got to be proven. You know, you say you got the best product in the world. People say we'll prove it. So, you know, that's sort of what we're doing. Trying to uh, show everybody that that H and D therapy and and whatever all she does. And I can't even begin to explain what else she does. She talks about it on her commercial. But that's, you know, we're hoping that's going to be a good recovery uh, scenario for us. And that's why we, uh, you know, come together with her to get her on board with, with the team and the show here uh, is to, you know, try to help her out and trip, help us out as well. Um, you know, because this recovery therapy is is a must. And, you know, Women seem to uh, bruise a lot more than men, uh, seem to take more time to heal than men. So any of this kind of stuff that we can do is really going to help um, help these players along the way. So, yes, I am a big fan of it. Um, wish, you know, like I said, we could uh, get all you girls in the ice bath. I'm a huge fan of that. Uh was my whole life. I had terrible ankles. You know, people don't understand. You say, man, you got a, a, a bad sprained ankle or a high ankle sprain. Let me tell you something. They're hard to heal. You can take a break and heal it easier than you can heal those. And, uh, man, I used to, when I was in school, I had, like I said, I had bad ankles. I had to wear 
those boots you wear plus high top cleats and uh you know every every game day I was down in the training room soaking in the ice tub uh you know trying to get some of the soreness and help heal and uh that kind of stuff because those tendons get stretched it's definitely definitely hard to heal so uh takes a long time and and all this stuff today with modern technology like this stuff brandy's got uh the cryo treatments you know um to to just back to the normal ice tanks to the chiropractor to the massage you know you don't have to that's what's the beauty of all this is all of it is some kind of helpful recovery for your for your body and some of it is up to date with technology and some of it still as old school as it can be and you know so each individual heals different you know uh if i sit here and told you everybody heals the same you you know i was telling you a lie because everybody don't heal the same so you know whatever works for you what you know some people you know can't get to that cryo treatment some people can't get to brandy so maybe you can get to a chiropractor. Maybe you can get to the eye stubs and that kind of stuff. And that's what you got to do. You know, I'm I'm telling you something. It's going to be, you know, women's football. It's it's going to be who's who's going to be the toughest can outlast the other uh, because every year these teams get better and even these new organizations are getting veteran players in there and these coaches are doing a better job and uh, getting these players ready to play. So it it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. You know, the team that can stay healthy and, uh, you know, keep their foot on the pedal and not let up and, uh, you know, out-tough these teams, as I call it, when it's going to be a good physical game and can get recovered and recouped and uh, back ready to play by the next week. That's who's going to go for. Uh, there's just no doubt about it. So um, I'm, I am a huge fan of that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm, we're looking forward to the, uh, you know, to the season, I guess, to start. Shouldn't be too long. Uh, you know, end of, end of December, 1st of January, people are going to start practicing for, for real. And, uh I don't guess we're going to be any different than anybody else. So um, uh, I don't guess we don't have any more questions uh, tonight. We'll uh, we'll get some more in here for next week. Like I say, I hope to have Brandy Spencer in with H&D Therapy. Who knows what we get into or uncover. Uh, but till then, I'm Coach Johnson, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you.